Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com and a member of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and the tripod, two weeks in a row, is intact. Hoss Reuter is here, our fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, and guests that I have wanted to have on the Five Heart Podcast for years. They are the Big Red Cobcast. Please welcome, standing applause, Ryan Tweedy and Pat Jansen. Guys, Welcome. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, to be with us on the Five Heart Podcast. And welcome back to Coronation. Thanks, man. I really want to see. I just want to say how much I appreciate you saying my name before Pat. Uh, I want to tell you how much I don't appreciate it. But we could have. You could have had us back for for many years. No, we we weren't holding out. I know. I, you know. I, I I never said I had good ideas all the time. Sometimes they're a little later. Poor planner. And, and of course, well, John and I kind of held it against you guys after your uh, war of secession from. Yeah. Hey, no one said we had good ideas either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys didn't hear the podcast where we just bad mouth and trashed you guys like Scott Frost trashed Mike Riley on his way in. Oh, we yeah. just assumed that was the case. Like we, yeah, we figured we were that just was going about on how you, know, you guys didn't have guys squatting. And, I don't think saying Ryan Tweedy has a small penis is trash. You know, it's that's not trash. That's fact. Also, also, I don't I don't really care about having a small penis. It has zero effect on me, my life at all. That's a man secure in himself. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a little early in the show for the Blue Chew ad, but, I mean, we can we can throw it in any time. So. Blue Chew. You got the quarantine blues? Cure it with Blue Chew. Uh, so, we, I mean, this is the most unusual offseason that we've ever had. Usually, at least right now, we can talk about, mm-hmm. you know, March Madness or uh, you know, baseball or if – we were really hard up for news. We could talk about softball, um, but it, it, right now we'd be right in the in the thick of you know spring football, and I'm not entirely sure when the spring game was supposed to take place because I have a bad memory. But I think it was this weekend or or two weekends from now. Yeah, so I mean we're we're in the thick of spring football, and with with no spring football, I mean the spring just seems hollow. Yeah, very hollow. Well, my wife and I have talked about this a fair bit, like that everything just feels like kind of hard to enjoy right now, because even if you're watching a show, you're like, well, that's not a thing that you can do right now. That's not a thing that's like, like fit to like the current reality, like the closest thing that like that's gotten kind of our sports fix and then just kind of regular entertainment fix was there was like a. There was a soccer documentary on Netflix called Sunderland Till I Die. And like, because it was like a team that's no good and no one knew about them, like all the results were like fresh to us. So that was like 
weirdly the one fix of anything of a, of like sort of entertainment enjoyment uh, out there. And like, it's real hard to like get your dick up for any sporting event kind of thing right now to talk about it because you don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. What's going to be real, what seasons they're going to, when seasons start, if they start, who's going to be around, who's going to be in shape, what's the norm going to be. I mean, there's just so much up in the air and it's hard to really mm-hmm. kind of generate any excitement because of it. Cooch, are you a are you a wrestling fan? Uh, as far as pro wrestling, yeah, I'm not so much now. I, I used to be years ago. Uh, I, I up until about last summer, I was a WWE Network subscriber, but I'm like, crap, I'm I'm paying ten bucks a month and I'm not utilizing it. So I mean, yeah, this weekend is WrestleMania, but it's you like know it's right now, yeah, and it's in an and, and it's in an empty arena. You know that it's it's just weird. That's crazy. I thought about getting it because I was like, I just want to see what that would look like. But then I was like, nah, I don't care that much. Well, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns couldn't do it because he's uh, like immunocompromised because he had leukemia. Right. Whoa. I didn't know that. Huh. And and he was supposed to be uh, wrestling like a 60 year old, which is right up there in the book of bad ideas. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> On my yeah. uh, Bill Goldberg. Is the is the champ? Is that old? The old nose guard from the Georgia Bulldogs is still kicking around. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's sixty, but I mean, he was he was in his prime twenty years ago. So yeah, he was at least. I've been trying to stay busy without any sports by watching old Husker games on YouTube and using as an excuse to watch film. That and some twenty nineteen LSU coaches film I've been watching. Oh, where'd you get that? <laughs> oh, there's a there's a black market. There's a Patreon that I pay eight dollars a month to that has a whole database of film. The college football black market film uh, industry it's it's business is a booming. By the way, Goldberg <laughs> is fifty three. Well, I was close. And eh, round up, eh, I can't round up. Yeah, he's not fifty five. Can I ask you guys a qu- I have a question about because you were Pat brought up. Um, the whole, like, who's going to be in shape and who's not going to be in shape kind of a thing. I swear to God, Tweety, if this is going mm-hmm. to, like, what's your deadlift, I'm just going to end the call. <laughs> hey, if it makes you hey, feel hey, better, hey, I, what is your deadlift up to these days? Uh, oh well, I haven't, I haven't deadlift. I stopped deadlifting for a while. I've been focusing more on, like, my Oli lifts. But the last I hit was 405, okay. so it's down. Nice. Nice. Before the quarantine shit hit, I hit 425 for some reps on trap bar. Oh, nice. I know it's not real deadlift, according to people like uh, Mark Rippenow, but, you know, uh-huh. I enjoy trap lift deadlift. Yeah. I mean, trap bar deadlift. I mean, I had 25 or 26. <laughs> on, on what? On what? Kegels? <laughs> uh, probably beers. Yeah. What's your Kegel weight, John? <laughs> Is that, isn't that something Jewish people get around Christmas time? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's the best thing that's ever been uttered on the Five Heart Podcast. Yeah, I think it is too. Please, uh, a Kegel? Uh, a Kegel. Oh, a Kegel. Yeah. Uh, it's about 25. Okay, that's good. But no, so my question is this, because this is something I think about being sort of like an athletic underdog, right? Like I've never been athletic. I've always kind of been shitty at athletics. Do you think that now is a prime opportunity for – these like second stringers, like the five heart guys, you know, 
to really make their move. To start shooting up on some trembling? Maybe. I mean, shit, dude. <laughs> some I mean, XR. Hey, I'm all for it. I love a good vitamin S, bro. Oh, dude. You, dude, you could get Anavar for a hundred bucks. You could get like, you could get like six months worth of Anavar for like 300 bucks, dude. You could come back in September a new man, like legitimately. Well, great to push you, Iowa's you, offensive line around. You could do that and get away with it if you're Alabama. Um, yeah. I, I think a program like Nebraska Wisconsin would totally get dinged. But no, seriously, because you you've got a bunch of guys right now. I don't. Th- I don't think we would personally. You don't think you don't think we'd get dinged? There I don't think people, we would because I, I mean, when you look at like it, it Scott might just Frost. be the you know the history of it. We we wrote the book on having a good off the books nutrition program, and yeah, it's being copied at Wisconsin, Iowa, Clemson, Alabama. I think they're really willing to look the other way on a lot of steroid testing. Well, I mean, I you see guys at Clemson getting popped, but they're starting to use stuff like Osterine that is, you know, goes undetected in urine analysis. Well, I think the difference, I think what would lead to someone getting caught versus not caught would be whatever journalist decides they want to pursue it. And there are enough, I feel like Dirk there are Chatelain. enough big... I was just going to say the same thing, Dirk Chatlin. <laughs> Even, I wasn't even going to go within the Nebraska ecosystem. I, w- I wasn't even going to go within the Nebraska ecosystem. I think that there are enough Big Ten journalists who cover the other teams who are so put out by Scott Frost that if they had any suspicion, they'd snoop around in a heartbeat. Oh, I, don't I could they totally like see like Scott, Scott Frost Cox from Des Moines who writes for uh, the Athletic. Hell yeah! I, that guy's such a douchebag. Why don't they like Scott Frost? Who doesn't like Scott Frost? You, Why don't they like him? Because he's got swagger. John, did you ever read that art that interview they did with uh, Don Capron, the former head of officiating for the Big Ten, who retired a few months yes. back? Yes. Where he said Scott Frost is just intense, and what he worded it in a way it was like, "I wouldn't want to have beers with him yeah. after a game." Right. And he talked about how Frost is. He was humbled a little bit by 2018, just seeing the magnitude of coaching in this league. But he basically said Frost is, you know, a little bit of an a-hole on the sidelines without actually saying it. But well, he didn't hit him as hard as he hit Bo. Oh, yeah. I mean, he said Bo was the worst by a mile. I think those were his exact words. And The thing that annoyed me about, you know, the article was what football coach isn't intense on the sidelines? Mike Riley. I mean, yeah, Mike Riley. He Riley's wasn't a football coach. <laughs> like a Russian babushka. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my dad has been a ref for a million years, and he's he's you know often. I mean, he 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 doesn't let it uh, influence the you know how he calls the game, but he has coaches who he prefers are coaching the game because they. they you know, they just, they, they're easier to work with. And so, I mean, they're, they're always going to be, you know, there are always going to be coaches that just kind of drive, just kind of drive the screws in you. And, you know, even if you're a super, super professional referee, I mean, there, there's going to be a, a moment of like probably 
if it's if it's a 50 50 uh, if it's a 50 50 call they that might be the that might be the defining deciding factor for some of them depending on personnel oh yeah i think a big thing with frost is his desire to run an up-tempo offense that being kind of our whole identity space and pace um you saw a lot in the early stages of 2018 big 10 officials trying to slow it down standing over the ball not spotting it quick enough and there was a game against i want to say it was either troy in early 2018 or maybe it was purdue where frost ripped into the officials pretty good And I kind of wonder if that's where Don Capron's issue comes from. Frost just wanted to go as fast as possible, you know, get to the line of scrimmage, snap it, run a play, get back there, snap it again. And if that's kind of where Capron's drawn his uh, opinion on Frost. And and also, with with John just asking who doesn't like Scott Frost, I want to just throw this out there. Imagine for one second that row the boat, that he was wearing Yeezys in a press conference, how much shit we would talk about another team. As a big shoe player. guy, I, I wouldn't have an issue with it. <laughs> Dude, Yeezys, come on. They're like trash bags for your feet. Dude, I have a pair of them. You have a pair of them? On purpose? Yeah, I got a pair of them. On purpose? Yeah, I like you them. I picked them up for really cheap. Yeah. I paid dirt cheap for them. I mean... Is that about selling them to like a homeless? I mean, person? Scott Scott Frost and I are probably the only two guys who chew tobacco and wear Yeezys. <laughs> that might be true. That's got to be a pretty speak, small Venn yeah. diagram. I mean, they, speaking yeah, I mean, of yeah, the boat, though, that, speaking of, sorry, I, I think we're uh, I there's the occasional talking over it, uh, but with the slight delay. But uh, speaking of row the boat guy. Uh, I'm realizing how much Minnesota fans are hyper protective of him. Uh, it is nuts. And I wonder too, it, well, in the same breath, they'll just tear down Scott Frost, but love row the boat. But it's like year number two was not a great one for PJ Fleck. And like he's just right now one year ahead of Scott Frost. Now, if it's another like four or five win season for Scott Frost, then it starts to become a fair, like, sort of dichotomy there. But like, good God, he's had one really good year. Scott Frost still doesn't have his feet under him. Year number two, PJ Fleck got his ass handed to him by year one, Scott Frost. So I just don't know where all the, the cockiness and defense is. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Put it this way Minnesota fans, first of all, They've been, they don't just take shit from other colleges. They take shit from Vikings fans. Okay. This whole town, because I live in Minnesota, the Vikings are the big shit here. The NFL is the big shit here. When you say you're a Gophers fan, you not only have to take on other Big Ten fans, you have to take on NFL fans. So they have this whole like chip on their shoulder, self-conscious thing going on. And plus, honestly, uh, can I say this about PJ? They still, they still remember eighty-four to thirteen. Okay, Good. they should. Did you ever hear the Lou Holtz well, story about that game? No, I. Well, go ahead and tell anyone. It. Doesn't matter if it hurt it or not. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell, tell the story it. and I'll say what I was going to say. Do you have the black black market footage of that game? Lou, Lou, I could probably find it actually. I have. 
the black market footage of the Fiesta Bowl against Florida in 96, too. Um, Lou Holtz said when he interviewed for the job at Minnesota, he sat down for the interview and he asked the AD, you know, how were you guys last year? And he goes, oh, we only lost to Nebraska by 10. And Lou Holtz goes, oh, you know, in those days, losing to Nebraska by 10, you're doing pretty good. Um, that, you know, you're not that bad. And then later he found out that the AD actually meant lost to Nebraska by 10 touchdowns. And uh, so he kind of felt like he got hoodwinked. What I was going to say about P.J. Fleck, though, is I actually am growing to like the guy. Me too. Like, he's a good coach. He's energetic. Um, you know, he talks about the importance of, you know, using athletics as an extension of the classroom. Uh, he has, you know, this is my own bias, holding a teaching degree myself, but he also, he holds a social studies teaching degree. He, yeah, he's kind of nauseating at times, but he's he is who he is and his guys seem to rally around that. I got nothing but respect for him. I, I, I'm with you. I like him too. And also like I grew I used to not like him a lot. Oh, I hated him last year. Yeah, but he's really grown on me. I don't hate him as much as I hate several other coaches. Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz. I don't like that holier than now bullshit with Kirk Ferentz. Also, um, in the defense of Minnesota fans, and I won't, I'm only going to do this once, but as a shit talker, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're supposed to talk shit. You're supposed to yeah, talk, talk shit. They're shit. Only doing what they're supposed to do. I get how annoying it is. I get, like, when Iowa fans do it, I, I fucking hate it, right? In Colorado, but Iowa, it, that state can burn. They, yeah, same with Colorado. Like, fuck them. But that's what they're supposed to do. Like, Yeah, Pat. Well, no, it's not the it's not the shit talking part that bothers me. It's the people who just like go to the mattress to defend Black as though he's like he saved their mothers from a fire. It's like right. I had one good year, and like oh, I, I liked I liked the identity of that team last year. They were that that's what a team I think should aspire to be. Now, whether or not that remains what they are this year, that'll be the real stress test for them. But so like. To to act like he is their Tom Osborne at this point is premature. The, the thing that I hated the most, I, I, I agree I, with that. I'm eating chips. I'm which is stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm gonna put them away. But I'm just really rude I'm on a podcast. I know. I just thought about that. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're the hell? <laughs> Maybe I should go suck on some Jolly Ranchers, but they won't go with this beer. Um, fuck is a. Uh, Oh man, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, the thing about the the thing about Gopher fans that the one time that really got under my skin was when we made a joke about rowing the boat, and then it turned into this whole "I can't believe you hate dead children." Do you remember what? that? I do. I made a joke about rowing the boat and how it's the dumbest thing ever because I just don't like it's like it's like get her done that's what it is it's the get her done of oh, God. Minnesota football right yeah and uh, and it then I got the lecture on what that story was and then it even Husker fans were jumping in on me well one of those is I King J Hip what was it said one of those is King J Hip uh, who loves PJ Flag yeah and I got the whole like. If you don't like roll the boat, you must hate dead children. And it's like, what do you mean? Was this on Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. 
well, fucking whatever. Ryan, that almost reminds me of Iowa calling there, waving at the kids in the hospital, which is very heartfelt and touching. You know, yeah, yeah. That 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 really that that does hit me down in the cockles of my cold black heart. But uh, calling it a tradition, and then the whole Iowa band chick saying Nebraska didn't wave at them. Yeah, even though there's video of Nebraska waving at them. Yeah, yeah. the whole team doing it, the coaches doing it, the fans doing it. You know, and the uh, goalposts yeah, moved so. like they didn't wave as long as everyone else. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't wave as long. Uh, keep in mind the Iowa band pulled shit on Iowa State this past year too, where they said they would, were attacked and all this shit. You know, but fuck I, Iowa. Fuck Iowa. You know, yeah. if I, I'm just gonna say that if I ever, you know, I, it's no secret I want to get into coaching. If I ever coached in the Big Ten Conference, specifically in the Big Ten West, and I coached against Iowa, I would want to be the most hated man in the state of Iowa. And just kick their asses every single fucking year. Yeah, dude. And just, I mean, like, you know how Southerners spit on the ground when someone references William Tecumseh Sherman? That's the kind of phenomenon I would want. Because <laughs> they, the Iowa football fans deserve nothing but the worst. Would you waive at the kids? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Next it's week. for the kids. Next week, Haas is going to announce. kids there, too. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, here's the thing. You compartmentalize things in your life. I hate Iowa. I'm not a big fan of the state. There are some great people, very fine people I've met from Iowa. But by and large, I just have an attitude towards Iowa in general. You just compartmentalize it as you see fit. I would need a list of all the kids, and I would need to. I would need to know more about each kid, and then I would choose which kids I'm waving at. <laughs> wow! Is there a kid who's in Nebraska? You can't do that. You got to wave at the kids, man. Somebody's got to save them from mediocrity. What if one of them? What if one, what if one of them's like child Hitler? You wave at that kid, or do you let that kid go, man? You don't wave. At ah, that kid. You don't know that when he's a kid. That's why you do the research to find out which one's the child Hitler, and you don't wave at that one, John. Maybe the wave. You hold up a sign. <laughs> Are you going to the future with your time machine? 21. I don't think going to the – oh, yeah, I guess it would go into the future would help. No, I just feel like you get a good grip. I feel like I can meet a kid, and within 30 minutes, I can know if that kid is a shitty adult. It's, gonna, it's going to be a shitty adult. Oh, what do you think of my kid that goes to the University of Minnesota, my rotten son then? You should disown him out of your will. Oh, man, <laughs> the rotten son's great. The wife <laughs> – that's because of your wife, not because of you. <laughs> Greg, do you feel like you're Jerry Springer right Get now? Get the shots so, in. I, I'm just sitting back. This is the best show ever because I haven't had to say anything. <laughs> so he's not he's not Jerry Springer in this situation. He's the bald security guard. Yeah. I'm Steve. Steve. Oh, Steve Wilkos. Yeah. Before he got his own show. Loved watching that show when I would fake sick in junior high and high school to stay home. My roommate in college was on that show. What what he did? Um, came out to his boy. Coming out to a ah, man. What did he do? His name was Ziggy. That that must have been before I knew you, because I don't remember that roommate. Ziggy Marley. Ziggy. Peru, was, uh, when I went to Peru. Ziggy oh. Hood. Oh man, he was. A you really went to Peru, Nebraska. You went to Peru State. Yeah, I went to Peru State for one semester. And then you left because you realized that corner in Nebraska should basically be in Missouri. I got Hey now, hey now, hey now. Pat, Pat, you you and the Kelsey brothers are the finest residents of Auburn, Nebraska. Hey, yeah, you were. You could have been Ziggy Stardust. 
you're forgetting Tony Jansen, coach of the Auburn Bulldogs. You oh, you yeah. keep Nemaha County out of your mouth, Haas. Actually, I do I do enjoy Auburn. I do enjoy Auburn, Nebraska. Its proximity to Rouleau kind of makes me feel a little skeevy. But it's uh, not that close to Rouleau. Well, it's it's within a what a stone's throw. I mean, so is Nebraska City. Do you hate Nebraska City too? You should probably. No, that's actually a fine little bird. Yeah, I'm starting to really doubt your taste, Hoss. I really like that uh, Love's gas station just across the river on Highway 2. Very clean yeah. bathroom, so I drive that. It's, you can get a lot of beef jerky and beer there. Yeah, and they got every chew and tobacco you could want. <laughs> so how do okay. we, how do we get entertaining. through? How do, how do we get through the next, you know, this uncertain period without any athletics? I mean, they, <laughs> I mean but, but seriously, as... You know, as as podcasters, as you know, coronation contributors, as sports fans, when there, like when there's nothing. I mean, when really, I think the only thing that we have is marble races on YouTube. Uh, which, by the way, I found out this week you can actually bet on uh, online. I, I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't have a gambling problem, and if I did, I I think I'd draw the line at betting on marble races. But what do we do? Like, how do we get through the next? However long it's going to be until sports comes back. I get through it the same way I do every off season without football. One day at a time. One day of what though? Like drinking? Uh, (laughs) What? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm stuck at home. I'm doing my student teaching for online assignments. I'm working out in my basement with a 85 pound barbell, a couple of dumbbells. I've watched a lot of Netflix film. I started reading Malcolm Gladwell books. I mean, you might as well be at a drug rehab facility with that kind of regiment. You started reading Malcolm Gladwell books? What the fuck is wrong with you? Actually, I'm reading a really good one right now. Which David one? Goliath. David and Goliath, the study of how underdogs and misfits, you know. It's actually like I, I read chunks of that. It's actually pretty interesting. It's really fucking good. Okay, I'm, listen, he's a really good writer, but he's mostly full of shit. Well, I, I drew the line when he was like, bigger class sizes are actually better for students than smaller class sizes. Obviously, as someone with a teaching degree, it's like, yeah, you're wrong there, buddy. And then he, when he equated, he can be so right and so fighting, wrong. I was just like, yeah, no. He 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 can vacillate between right and wrong about as much as anyone. I oh, like that vacillates probably the that is the best way to put it. He's like, have you ever read the um, what are those books called? Uh, Freakonomics books. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just a way to look at. It's just a different way to look at data. That's what yeah, Malcolm but- Gladwell does. I'm guessing. Like I. I'm not, I know, I know the basis of a lot of what he says. I don't not, I don't, you know, I'm not a super big fan, but all those guys, man, they just, it, it, from my dumb brain, it just seems like they take data and then they look at it from a different way. And then it may or may not be true, but there's really no way to test in the real world. So we either have to, so some people just assume they're right and others assume they're wrong. Right. You know, who's, who's far better. I think both at unearthing like, sort of interesting theories and thoughts and ideas, but also as a reporter and a writer is Michael Lewis. I'd agree with that. Yeah. He's, he's just incredible. Like whether he's writing about uh, like left tackles for the blind side or uh, new ways to construct baseball teams for Moneyball or the financial uh, 
meltdown of a decade he ago. Did a, he did a, uh, have you ever read Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow? No. John, I know it's you really, recommended that to me one time. It's really heavy. And I think Michael Lewis did a, I didn't read Michael Lewis's book about what Daniel Kahneman did with his research, but I'm sure that Michael Lewis made it much less heavy to read than Daniel Kahneman's book. So he's, he's like the rare, like hyper intelligent person who writes really, really accessible stuff. Yeah. Um, he, he kind of predicted, he said, uh, too, the thing that, is going to be, and this was a while ago too. He said the thing that's going to be the undoing, the thing that's going to be the most dangerous with Trump won't be like going to war with anybody, but like just like the real minutia of, uh, of a situation like that he's just so bored by preparedness that, and he's like, it's going to be, it's going to be a pandemic. And, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, he's, he's just, uh, you're going to blame Trump for a pandemic that you're going to blame Trump for this pandemic. Oh my God, let's no, not he, go he, here. He that wasn't what I'm, no, that wasn't what I'm Okay. Glad, Gladwell did outliers, right? Where he came up yeah, with this proposition yeah. that anybody could do 10,000 hours of like practice and become an expert at what they were doing. Right. I never yeah, finished outliers. Point. I thought it should have been a long form article, but there's a guy named David Edstein that did a book called Range that is excellent. People should read it. Uh, it's a complete counter to Gladwell's Outliers, and uh, it's very fascinating. Notice how I pulled this right back out of that political situation. That I really appreciate that. that. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I, mean, think I, it, I have Outliers and Malcolm Gladwell's other book, Tipping Point, on the way from Amazon as well. Why did you do that to yourself? Because I really am enjoying this first one. I got the two most else. famous outliers and tipping point. I feel like there is two most famous, and I feel like there there is two worst. Well, yeah, right, yeah, Hoss. I'll do a book review and I'll come on the Big Red Podcast and discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to get through uh, the no uh, sports thing. From death, you know, hey, John, I'm a Renaissance man. Have you guys ever read the Butter Battle book? I'm How's sorry, that? what? Yeah, the huh? Butter Battle Book? No. I mean, I heard it. In the Butter Battle Book, it's written by Dr. Seuss. It's sort of his take on World <laughs> War II, I believe. Um, okay. One of, the, one of the countries butters their bread on the bottom, and the other one butters the bread on the top. I remember this now. It's a very good book. <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. I really don't. I see the moon and the moon sees me. <laughs> Go the fuck to bed. I think we're going to get through this. I think, honestly, I I started writing stupid stories of dumb things I've done in my past. That's how we're going to do part of that content on Coronation just because I've, been, I've done a lot of dumb things in my life. You're really anticipating this being a long, long quarantine, aren't you? Yes, I am. I actually am. I don't think we're going to have college football this year. Oh. I don't either. I'm emotionally preparing myself. I really am. It's better to be surprised than disappointed, but fuck. Dabo said he's 100% positive we will. Who? Dabo. Well, Dabo's a raw, raw, sunshine, beams coming out of his ass kind of guy. I mean, he's winning. He's all, he also yeah. thinks he's got a direct line to God, so... I, I and he also that. is flying in a private jet with 
his family in Florida, but it was sanitized, you know. <laughs> we could, we could, we could have NFL football this year. See, I, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was a kid, but man, like NFL, like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, it was one one hundredth of the joy that I would feel if Nebraska football won a national championship. Actually, more like one one thousandth of a fraction. I mean, it was like, cool, yeah, Chiefs won, all right, you know, but it was like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to go teach tomorrow morning. I mean, you you could play any you could play NFL football if you have two teams in their support staff and media and broadcast, and that's it. But you cannot do that with college football. You just can't. Why? It's still football. I actually, I actually, and I wouldn't want to see this happen. But two teams, two college football teams, with the team, the coaches, and the support staff, and the broadcast team in a stadium, no fans around. You could make an argument that that would be a pure form of football than in a stadium with 90,000 screaming fans. Because there's no college administrator that's going to allow that to happen if the students aren't back on campus. Then the Miami Hurricanes have had the purest form of football for the last <laughs> two years. Ryan, that is the – I could not have scripted better come back to that. That is phenomenal. I love it. On the other hand, the entire SEC probably doesn't give two shits about whether or not they actually have academics. So there might be a college football season that involves just the SEC schools. Oh, that no, Alabama right. still hasn't shut things down. So, like, I mean, Alabama's like, let it happen, man. They, How about Liberty University opening back up and having like twelve students test positive for COVID nineteen? <laughs> but it, come it, on, I mean, let, let's face it. If if it was just SEC football and all that that that's all the college football that we had next year well espn would cream their shorts and they'd they'd probably say well that's that's really what the playoff should be anyway guys (laughs) yeah no shit do you think that um you think espn survives this yeah they're owned by disney yeah uh i mean their numbers have been plummeting Part so uh, ESPN and Fox News are both in si- similar situations because they they have part of what has made them sort of Teflon through like the the sort of digital revolution is that it's well it's also what it's what made them Teflon for so long but it's what's made them vulnerable now in the digital revolution is that they're they've both driven the subscriber fees up so so high but espn has been able to really survive it because sports are the one bit of programming that you you have to watch live and that you have to have that uh cable subscription for but everyone's still starting to 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 pull the pull the cord anyway and uh so yeah they they were they've been facing some real real economic realities that they were late to the game on they were basically the television version of newspapers where they just thought they were going to be fine forever and sudden until suddenly they're not but sports are still like that one bit of appointment television so i i still think they'll be fine it's just i think what might have to happen is that the sports leagues i think are going to have to reevaluate. uh sort of the the value of buying the rights of them. I mean, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLB, 
I think they're gonna they're asking prices for what uh, are gonna be the TV revenue. I think those are gonna have to come down. No, fucking Aaron Rodgers ain't getting a hundred and ten million dollar contract. Well, no. it kind of you know to tie it back into kind of the whole COVID nineteen thing and the the plague phenomenon. Plagues, you know, are kind of the culling of the herd. And then you also tie it into what Mark Cuban once said about the NFL, about when pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. When money, when it reaches critical mass and the amount of money being paid out reaches critical mass, there's only one way to go and it's a U-shaped curve that's back down. And I agree with you, Pat, that I think you're going to see a lot of restructuring in terms of the money paid out for the rights to broadcast. Well, you're going to have to drop salaries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. With the NBA and the Major League Baseball, I mean, I can't believe the fucking salaries they pay these people. Oh, yeah, people freak right, out when they like what Mahomes signed for with KC, but that's not guaranteed money. There's there's a you know very fractional chance that he even sees all that money. Then in Major League Baseball and in the NBA, it's guaranteed money. It changes things. By the way, that line about pigs is the best line about investing I've ever heard. Yeah, I when the first time I heard it, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that statement for a lot of different things. You know who doesn't survive this? Who? Fucking newspapers. Oh god. Yeah. Newspapers weren't they were already not gonna survive before this. Well, well the World Herald Writers Guild had a fat and sassy tweet the other day about how they you know, stood up to their ownership. I mean, they're, I think, they're, part, they're part of they're part of ahead. such a they're part of such a conglomerate now. I, I, they can't get too cocky. They're gonna. I mean, that's a lot of newspapers. It's gonna be like radio stations now because, like, if you listen to, like, so when I was at KTCH in Wayne, uh, there would you'd have a lot of DJs throughout the day, but they'd be based in like either Omaha or Iowa or Minnesota, depending on where the company was at that point. And then they, so this DJ who you'd hear like at four o'clock on KTCH and Wayne reading specific things about what's going on in Wayne, they would also be like DJs for like 30 other stations throughout the, the country. That's how radio stations have been working for a long time for like about, 20 hours of their 24 hours of programming like you may have some local stuff but then like a lot of that is handled uh by the centralized location and newspapers are going to be the same way where you have a writer who's writing something for the des moines register and also the omaha world herald and also uh you know some paper in fort collins and uh it's just i mean i i don't know how any of the the world herald writers could be any too cocky right now because it's whether they've staved off uh you know just getting run out of the building or not it's it's coming for them at some point and it's and no matter how you feel about the world herald or its writers that's unfortunate because the more local it is the better it is for for coverage of of local issues but yeah they they've got it they get so so sassy uh, online. They just got to dial it back a notch and just take the criticism from time to time. I think what you'll see from those guys is... Dirk's uh, little pitching match with Nick Gregith. Yeah. What's that? 
Dirk's pissing match with Nick Gregath or Gregath from the Lincoln Sports Radio about where he Nick was saying like, hey, he when he first started out, he called the World Herald Riders and they said no about being on a show, and one said that he wanted to be paid to be on the show, and Dirk refuted, though you never called me. Dirk really actually tipped his hand because Nick never actually really called him out by name. No shit. And like Dirk, like he's a talented writer. Like when he does the human interest piece in the sports world, he is a fantastic writer. He's a great storyteller. But when he tries to be a sports writer where he tries to write objectively about a result of a game or even when he tries to be subjective with his opinion and editorial piece, he just comes off as so snarky and just trying to show everybody that he's the smartest guy in the room and nobody else compares. And by and large, I don't want to put all Nebraskans in the one basket, but by and large, people in Nebraska don't like that kind of attitude from somebody. Oh, well, let me show you that I'm the smartest person. Let me, can and I, can as I a person who's been accused of that often, I, I am very aware that Nebraskans do not like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been also, accused of that in my articles on coordination as well about play call. I just want to say uh, that I have a, a great uh, affinity for Pat the Stat Jansen. And oh, shut up. No, I'm sure that, that's, that's, that's not BS. That, I, I, in fact, uh, I, I always equate uh, you. Uh, and Haas is like on equal footing in our respective podcasts and and uh, uh Ryan's kind of a mix of of myself and and uh, John and and How dare you. So Ryan and John have something in common after all. I don't Ryan think Tweedy, I, I, I don't do, think anybody's like ever accused Tweedy of being the smartest guy in the room, have they? What's that? I actually meant it I mean, as a nobody's compliment. Nobody's ever Tweedy. accused your ass of being the smartest guy in the room. Depends on the room, bro. Yeah, wow. <laughs> The CrossFit dojo. <laughs> Man, CrossFit people get a bum rap. There's some very smart people in that room. Grant Wistrom. I just see, here's the thing. I could never do CrossFit because when I go to the gym, it's like going hunting. You go out at dawn by yourself. It's a solitary thing. That's how I approach lifting. It's just, it's a 90 minutes of me not having to talk to anybody in the fucking place. Um, if you're doing CrossFit right, you can't talk to anybody. I mean, I just like, I don't even want to work out with somebody. If someone's like, hey, man, can I work in? No. Yeah, but that's different. That's stuff. annoying. I'm telling you, man, if you ever come out here, I'll take you to a CrossFit gym and you'll get a dick to do it. Hey, Nebraska makes a Rose Bowl. Bank on it. Okay. Because the place I go, man, once you work out, like it's just a room full of fucking savages. Now, will I be able to squat more than everybody in the room? Not even close. <laughs> okay. You'd be in the bottom. What's the, what's the, what's what's the best your, one rep max? What, what's, your, what's your squat there? 425. 425? Ask to grass. Ask to grass? Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Weedy's trying to think of a number higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to count off the top of my head how many people I know that can squat more than that. That's more than I thought, so it's harder than I imagined it would be. Um, oh, it's a really big number for you, isn't it? Well, what I don't understand is how his deadlift and his back squat is the same. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. If you're back squatting 425, trap, trap bar, be... trap bar. I, I don't, I, I just don't care for conventional deadlift. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll do it for like reps, a, reps at 10 at 225, just fast and snappy, but, you know. 
I was hoping that you were going to say like 350 or something. That way I could be like, well, I know at least three girls because they can out back squat you. But I don't know any girls. Well, there are some chicks in the gym that I go to. They've got thighs. Oh, I'm telling you what. Dude, I there's I work out I started working out with this one girl when she was 14 and she's 18 now. And she can <laughs> dude, she can back squat like 315. Her snatch is like five pounds. Can a robot support her? Dude, she's not that big. I mean she's I mean I guess compared to I know I'm like just a grown woman. She's like a grown woman. You know, but she's 18. Anyways, um, yeah, there's people that can outlift you, but that's very impressive. 425 is a lot of weight to back squat. Do you, you know how familiar, I approach it? I'm Ryan, I'm telling you, when it hits October, start following Soren X uh, company on Instagram and do Squattober. Greatest uh, thing I've ever done in the gym. By the way, I just want to protect my buddy. For those not familiar with weightlifting terms, it is not a bad thing that we do. was just talking about an 18-year-old girl's snatch. Thank you. I just, I'm glad you said not that. Not bad at all. Not bad no, at all. He's an age. <laughs> it's an Olympic lift. I knew that, by the way. I was just sitting I, over here laughing silently at myself. by uh, opening the fridge and deciding whether I'm going to have a Guinness or a Boddington's because they both yeah. weigh the same. <laughs> well, so, if we had a football, if the five of us, four of us, because I'm bad at math. Um, no, there's five. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm really bad at math. Yeah, so that's why the last girl that I was going out with was a math major. Didn't want to go any further. Um, the five of us had a football team. Ryan Tweedy and I would be on the front lines. Pat would be the quarterback. Greg would be the fullback. John's the head coach. What would we yeah? Be? What would we be? You'd be the left tackle because I'm willing to bet that you're probably a little more quick footed than I am. I think I'd be a receiver, bro, or a tight end. I, I'd be the center. Just mauling people, mauling you, nose guards off the line. What do you weigh? Uh, right at about 200 pounds. Okay. I'm about 185. Yeah, I'm trying to get there, but my love for uh, beer and cookies gets in the way. Yeah. I, I, I think s- they'd since want we're a pass this. catcher who could run a 40 faster than 8.5. I'm. <laughs> that's the thing. I can run a fast 40. Yeah, sure. Now, a fast 100? Fast 100? Eh. I mean, I, I don't. One hundred. I don't really yeah. know. If, you know what? I know what my one hundred time is. My one hundred time is thirteen seconds, fourteen seconds. So you're about four seconds slower than Eric Crouch. Okay. That's I remember when I went to the Big Red Football School before my sophomore year of high school playing football. We ran the forty, and Jay Norvell was timing the forty times for the line I was in, and I ran a five four. At like 182 pounds, That's and I remember good. looking over for the time. He just kind of, kind of smiled and just shook his head like, "What the fuck?" Maybe it was just because you didn't, uh, didn't like learn the the mechanics of running the 40. Because a lot of it is like how quickly you pick up your hand off of those electronic timers. Oh, yeah. Too. yeah, the get off, and uh, I was also just like three years off of having a really bad leg fracture, fib leg fracture where I broke it in like eight places. So uh, I had a, I had a pretty significant uh, kind of limp, you know, when I would run for eh, probably about five years after that leg break. Jesus. So yeah, it, was, it was bad. I went from probably being a fullback because it happened a year before I started playing football when I was in sixth grade 
So uh, I went from probably being a fullback to just being a pulling guard. <laughs> I I I want to at least cover something Nebraska athletics news, and I I figure what better time than to have the guys on the Big Red Cobcast who are the two biggest Nebraska ball fans you'll ever come across <laughs> in Pat and I'm Tweety. <clears throat> It's like 1A, 1B. I'm, I'll let you two decide. But it was uh, announced earlier today. By the way, we're recording this almost a full week ahead of when it'll uh, be published here. Is the Five Heart Podcast drops on Fridays. Big Red Copcast is Mondays. Make sure that you subscribe to both. But uh, it was announced on April 4th that Trey McGowans is committed to Fred Hoiberg's Nebraska men's basketball team. And I just want to get Four you guys. 11-point the game at Pitt. How's that for facts, Pat? Uh, I mean, sure. Do you also recognize that? I'm sure you also realize that uh, he was teammates there with Xavier Johnson, who was a, a big time uh, recruit for Tim Miles, but then ended up not uh, going to Nebraska. He ended up going to Pitt with Jeff Capel. I'm sure you knew that part too, Tweety. Yeah, I did. He'll probably end up following him because you know, birds of a feather. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that means that. Uh, we probably don't end up getting uh, Carter Witt, the the high school point guard who was thinking of reclassifying and becoming a freshman this coming fall. Uh, but he right now is a junior in high school. I'm going to guess, A, that means we don't get him because like he would be then eligible to be our starting point the year that Carter Witt but also I don't think Carter Witt's going to reclassify anymore probably because what's the point if uh, if COVID-19 takes out basketball season why would you lose one of your first years of college eligibility but yeah I think McGowan's along with a lot of the other uh, transfers he's got coming in it, it's it's going to make the roster I, it's even better this year than last year and I think the three guys who everyone's been talking about uh, who had to sit out this year who will be able to play this year hopefully um they'll make a huge difference i want this season to be played if for no other reason than seeing shamil stevenson dude has uh had two transfers and as a result has had to sit out two straight years uh like if he has to sit out another year because covid19 he's kind of like he's just not meant to play basketball is this in, in your guys' you opinion? Think that a program I like a out of the room with that. Go ahead, Tweety. Do you, Wait, do you think we that, all talked at the same time? Yeah, uh, no, sorry. Do we think that um, a school like Nebraska benefits from COVID nineteen? Like getting a season off from COVID nineteen? Like benefits from COVID nineteen? What an asshole thing to say. Do you think that we benefit from having an extra season, or do we, or does it hurt us more for basketball? For any sport, really, basketball and football are both kind of in the same boat. Where you it, hurts every, it hurts everybody. I don't think anybody's benefited from it. No, this hurts Nebraska. This hurts Nebraska way more than it does anybody draft. else. You're fine. I, I, de- I definitely think it doesn't help Nebraska ball because Fred Hoiberg is kind of a developer of talent and you know needs guys with with skill uh, to be chucking the ball all over the place. And if you just I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, of the Bucks, like the, the reigning MVP, has said he hasn't touched a basketball since COVID-19 because he doesn't have access to a gym. If, if the reigning MVP of the NBA doesn't have access, 
I'm pretty sure that Ivan Widrogo doesn't have access to a gym either. And France has hit every bit as hard as uh, the U.S. is. So I don't, uh, I think it doesn't necessarily, I think it is not a great thing for the development of Nebraska basketball. And I think, you know, depending, uh, football, it's going to be all a matter of who can, who's got their hands on some weights, uh, and who, I mean, there are still some players, it seems like, on campus. Uh, and I don't, I mean, what the nutrition is and what the, what the workout regimen is for a lot of these guys and how they're able to remain active, that'll be a big part of it. It's, it's, it's going to be such a friggin' wild card and a wild, wild west for a lot of these sports when they start up again. Do we know all, all of this, all of this hurts Nebraska way more than it does anybody else? Because all of that? these kids are eight, all of these kids are eighteen years old. Do you really? We already have had problems getting kids to leave home to come to Nebraska. That's a constant in recruiting. Doesn't matter what sport it is. Doesn't matter who the kid is. They don't want to go away from their parents. The parents can't watch them play. That is going to get exacerbated quite a bit by this virus, by all of the uncertainty that's going on in society. Those kids aren't going to want to leave home. Now it's going to be worse than ever to try to recruit people from Florida or Texas, Louisiana, California to come to Nebraska. Well, they don't know that, they actually, it might actually work out in Nebraska's favor with uh, here being one of the last places to feel the effects of it. Yeah, well, let's open Nebraska. That could be our new slogan instead of like Nebraska nice or whatever the stupid shit is. It could be like Nebraska, less COVID. Yeah, people in New York City and San Francisco are not laughing at flyover country now, huh? Is that fucked up? No. Yeah, it, that is kind of, it's, it's a little, you know, I guess you, no, I mean, you kind like, of, here's the thing, here's the thing, and I, I say this, you didn't, you didn't have to what's, what's going on in New York City. Like, you know, it's, it's a serious situation, but I see articles from the New York Times about cell phone data and how Douglas County is one of the worst in, so, in terms of social distancing. Douglas County, of you know, county of five hundred thousand plus people for the Omaha Metro. We don't have a supermarket less than a mile or two away from where we live. You got to drive. Most people have to drive to work, and yet people on the coast regard Nebraska as flyover country as a bunch of rubes. You could almost make the case that some of those people, and I'm not one of those anti-intellectual type of people, but I, you can I make it that you you can make case that. The people on the coast are kind of the real rubes for their limited view of how life actually is in quote unquote flyover country. The Omaha Metro is spread out. It covers a pretty good land area. You have to drive. I mean, I did before all this got shut down, I had a 15 mile commute one way, you know, just to go student teach. Going to class at UNO, I got a 20 mile commute. I'm going to one place, but you know, it's not like everything's in this close proximity. So it's just kind of one of those things where articles like that reinforce like, you know, the the rest of the United States, especially on the coast, they're kind of out of touch with how things actually are in quote unquote flyover country. You know, I, I did want to ask Pat and uh, Ryan how Los Angeles is doing. Have you started eating the homeless yet? <laughs> you never eat the homeless, you'll get hep C. Yeah. Oh. They probably carry like pertussis or brucellosis. COVID is the last thing you'll be worrying about if you start eating homeless people in LA. 
Well, it's like being on Bourbon Street. It's not that bad out here. I mean, considering the population. Yeah, I mean, it's it was always going to be better here than in New York just because it's a way more spread out city. It's sort of like mm-hmm. what you were talking about, Haas. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's it is it way more dense than Omaha. Sure. But like the the physical size of Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area is huge, especially. I mean, I've, I've lived it's in New York and L.A. Yeah, I mean, but I've but I've lived in New York and L.A., both the two biggest population centers in uh, in the U.S., and it's way, way, way easier to avoid people out here in L.A. than it is in New York. I mean, the the trickiest part here, as I imagine it is for most places, is you can you can avoid virtually everything, but uh that when it comes time to go to the grocery store it's a friggin madhouse but yeah that's uh, crazy you know we've found a few we've found a few like local sort of like like farmers market vendors like meat places and uh vegetable places that that you know they're still trying to stay alive too and then so they'll just deliver drop it off at your door and so we we we're finding you know we're finding ways to 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 survive it's just it's a whole different new normal now just as it's about to be for everyone how many how many confirmed cases are there in nebraska um i think we're at about 600 okay we're i'm looking at the numbers right now for california we're at twelve thousand. Hmm. you know we've got 20 times the amount of people so it actually makes about sense you know, and the crazy thing is Nebraska's starting to have issues with, like, the outbreak that happened out in Grand Island because, you know, of a quinceanera in uh, Donovan and some of the meatpacking plants in the Buffalo, Hall County areas. And so it's, it's starting to spread across the state. Pete Ricketts uh, issued directive health measures to the rest of the counties in Nebraska to shut things down like Sarpy, Douglas, Washington, Cass, and Lancaster so we don't have a, an official like stay at home order, but it's pretty much there. And by and large, people in Nebraska are doing a really good job of staying home. Anytime I've ran to Walmart or gone to go get something to eat through the drive through or carry out, uh, the roads are basically empty, except for, you know, people who are going places for their job, essential personnel. So it's Nebraska's been this thing pretty well. That's the surreal part about L.A. is your traffic that would usually take you an hour, you know, in rush hour takes 15 minutes now. Like you go outside and where you're used to seeing, you know, the traffic of 20 million people, it's like being in like rush hour Lincoln now. Well, Ryan, do you remember when you were giving me crap about how I said Omaha had bad traffic and you told me to go to Chicago? Yeah. When I was in Chicago for the Northwestern game a few years ago. I quickly learned that you were right because 9 a.m. on Lakeshore Drive trying to get up to Evanston, it was was worse than anything I've seen at rush hour in Omaha. Yeah, it's just different. I mean, because you're talking about 15 million people. Yeah. And Chicago's, you know, what, 6 million people? So that's three times the state of Nebraska's population. So we're right at about 2 million now, you know, in one area. Yeah. And then imagine, you know, imagine that 
all trying to get from, you know, downtown LA. Like basically this six miles takes, you know, an hour and 20 minutes sometimes. Well, I remember when I was a kid, we went out to California to visit my aunt and uncle and it took us four hours to get from Rancho Santa Margarita up to Hollywood, you know, and. Oh yeah, that should take about an hour. You'd zip through that, no problem, no time. Yeah, Nebraska. That's a you know probably a forty-five minute drive. Yeah. You, you got love. The num- you just say the number minutes. of miles, and it's the number of minutes. Yeah. It's like you can get from Omaha to Lincoln now that the interstate's all done. You get to Omaha from Omaha to Lincoln in about 25, 30 minutes if you're going eighty-five or ninety. State Patrol doesn't pull anyone over on I eighty between. Either. I bet they would with uh, California plates. Oh, yeah. Well, Guaranteed. When I worked for uh, Enterprise before I quit to do my student teaching, anytime I was driving a car with California plates for work, you know, I'd get pulled over multiple times. Yeah, I got pulled over for going 20. So, you know, on 33rd, where if you turn on to J, it goes from 33rd to 25, like, within 15 feet and if you don't see this if you don't know it's there you don't realize that it's there in lincoln in lincoln yeah yep. it's like 33rd yep. and j and 30 whatever that is right there i hit that and i mean there was a cop waiting for me and i saw it and then i started to slow down and then i saw the cop and the cop pulled me over had my california plates and i was like yeah i, I didn't even i mean come on man you gotta give me a little bit of, like, give me like 10 feet and i mean he didn't he didn't want to hear it man didn't want to hear it. I had to give my California, like my California ID, and then I remember turning to my wife and being like, "We're fucked." Were you carrying some, like I don't know, some horse tranquilizers? Oh no! But I am growing a giant weed plant here because it's legal. Oh yeah, man. When in Rome? Yeah, dude. So it's do you guys? Fun. Do you guys think that uh, the men's basketball team is going to be better? due to the attrition that, that they've uh, suffered in the last few weeks? I don't know that it'll necessarily, I mean, I, I think they've, I think they've filled in the, I think they've filled in the gaps a, a little bit. I don't know if the kid from Western Illinois will be better than Cam Mack, but I think his head will be on straighter by a long shot. I, he, it's pretty hard to match Cam's talent and ability but I think Nebraska will be better. I don't know that it will necessarily be because of the loss of, of Cam Mack and Deshaun Burke, but the guys who registered this past year, plus the, the new guys who they have coming in, I think they will be infinitely better. And because the NCAA went ahead and said, we'll give spring sport kids uh, an extra year of eligibility, but not the kids who had uh, the – their winter championships canceled. So in other words, basketball players, uh, because the basketball players aren't getting an extra year of eligibility. That means the big 10, uh, should be much, uh, much more there for the taking for, for a team like Nebraska this year, because I mean, the big 10 was just rock solid this year. And it, it just won't be the same next year. And so I, I think, long answer short, I think Nebraska will be a lot better next year. 
but it won't necessarily be because of those guys leaving. I, other than the fact that Fred won't have to deal with nearly as much craziness provided Teddy uh, keeps his head on straight. Sure. Tweedy is the uh, biggest Nebraska ball fan there ever was. I'm sure you agree. I think that Nebraska fans do this thing where the second that a player transfers, they go, that guy sucked or that guy was a, that guy was bad in the locker room. Like Maurice Washington, they ever tried to act like when Maurice Washington left, like it wasn't the biggest blow probably in the last 10 years to Husker football. That guy was a super talent that comes around, you know, once a decade. Well, and, there there are a lot of parallels between Cam Mack and Maurice Washington, where right. you're just trying to figure out how much the I think the honest uh, how much it's worth how much it's worth all of that because it's like it's worth it. It's worth well, it. That's why guys like Ocho Cinco keep getting kept getting contracts. Here's the thing: yeah, Ocho Cinco but, never won anything of note. Well, that's because he kept no. getting put on the Bengals and shit. Wasn't the Bengals? Bengals yep. had some decent teams. Um. If you take Cam Mack and you put him on, you take the team that's going to be back next year and you add a talent like Cam Mack, one, nothing will calm an, a whiny asshole like winning. I so, agreed. So if if they start putting together wins, Cam Mack all of a sudden is the, he's better in the locker room. Same with Maurice Washington. If Maurice Washington didn't come in and go four and five and shit the bed the first three games or whatever it was, you know, he's probably not such an asshole the second year either. And people, you know, they do it with J.D. Spillman. Uh, they did it with. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and, and on. And, and I don't, I don't disagree, but I think there is a large uh, section of of the fan base, and I, I, I think Tweety, you agree with me because you've commented on it on on the Cobcast. Who, you know, when some when a you know recruit chooses another team at the last minute, or you know, you do have someone to leave, like, oh well, we wish you the best. It, Oregon State or whatever, Oklahoma. I mean, it, 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 and and that you know, it's like why you know, and and I know you you said the same thing. It's like why who who cares? They're not they're not you know in Lincoln. They're not Nebraska. You know that they could you know take a a long jump off a short pier, as my dad would say. Yeah, I give I get I couldn't give a shit. Um, I couldn't give a shit what Bookie is doing in Oklahoma right now. Yeah, like the, yeah, that drives. Fun. That drive that drives me so 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 not. But I like you don't have to be an asshole and say, uh, right. "Fuck you, get out." But also like you don't have it's to. Just a yeah, case of not my pig, not my farm. Yeah, yeah. Asa's full of those uh, wonderful. <laughs> yes, he's. We got to put up with this shit all the time with him. It's like hey, he has a. I say? I'm a not, renaissance not pig, not my farm. You don't even twang right. I'm a renaissance man. I don't have a dip in anymore. I threw it out. That's why I don't twang anymore. See, I always heard, I always heard uh, not my circus, not my monkeys. So. Yeah. What? I always, heard, not, I always heard not my family, not my sister, but. <laughs> None of you guys ever watched Newsroom with James uh, or uh, Jeff Daniels? I did not like that show. Oh, I loved it. I mean, the, the, the Sorkin style of writing is just so, like, not human. See, I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin, but it's not very realistic, no. Well, Nobody talks the way he writes his character. You mean, like, just, like, it was all 
conjured up in like a coke fueled writer's room. Yeah, coke fueled mushrooms, LSD, maybe some ayahuasca. Well, I've been watching like, Community. On I feel Netflix like those are five been... drugs that don't go well together that you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, probably not, but he basically got busted with all of them. <laughs> what were you about to say, Greg? I was going to say, I've, I've just been watching Community on Netflix uh, and, and just discovered that show uh, this week. And John, have you that. started watching Tiger King? Uh, no. Overrated. What? But Joe from the Big Red Copcast, Joe, is Carol Baskin. <laughs> I uh my thing is and, and I was really late to the office party as I well. Um like I didn't watch The Office until just a couple of years ago and everybody was talking about it and you know I, I gave it a shot once, you know, didn't follow up with it. I was like, all right, that that's a show. And then they said, You gotta make it through the first few episodes. But I'm just you know, like if it's right in the heart of the frenzy I just don't want to be that guy who's jumping on the bandwagon just to say, oh, you know, everybody else is talking about this. So I might watch Tiger King someday, but if I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything. Have you done Dave? Have you watched Dave? No. Dude, Dave is the best show on television right now. And he doesn't mean the Kevin Klein movie from the 90s. No, I mean the show Dave with Little Dicky. It's oh. it is very it's very good. I did see it on Hulu. I don't watch much actual TV. I just wait for it to get on streaming. Um, yeah, uh, that's what I do too. I watch it on Hulu. So, um, but I'll, I'll tell you what I I can say this, and uh, I, I'm proud to be one of the first people that I knew. Not saying that's you know a, a big accomplishment, but one of the first people I knew who was watching Letterkenny. So, Letterkenny, yeah, on Hulu. It took me like. Two or three years to find it, but it's worth it. It is. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Uh, I I don't really think we. I mean, we've peeled about this onion just as much as we can. Uh, I want to appreciate, uh, or I appreciate and want to thank uh, Tweety and Pat for uh, uh, hanging out with us because Lord knows with the time difference, it's you know prime time for them to be doing something other than sitting in front of their computer talking with the the Five Heart Podcast gang. Uh, make sure again, uh, it, I, I feel like it's redundant to put over, you know, the big red Cobcast uh, and the big red Cobcast uh, on Twitter, but, uh, you can, because you guys have a lot more followers than, uh, at the number five heart podcast. But if, if you like hot takes that are meaningful <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, humorous, and if you're, not afraid to get in uh, into the trenches with these guys and, and either fight battles alongside them or or, uh, or give them hell. Uh, go follow the Big Red Cobcast on Twitter. Uh, actually, Pat, you're really good at doing the plugs. Why, why am I doing your job? Oh, man, that, I'm flattered. Uh, we're on Twitter at Big Red Cobcast. Uh, you can go to Facebook.com slash Cobcast. Uh, and then also uh, we've got our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Big Red Cobcast. And then we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name them all. Uh, you can find us. Just Big Red Copcast. It's pretty easy to find. And Tweety, why don't you tell everybody about uh, the Husker Tears water bottles and Through These Gates? Oh, um, you can get Through These Gates on iTunes because I'm broke and I really need money. <laughs> and uh, Patreon.com, the past said about you get a Husker Tears water bottle. And then when we start winning, you can fill with Husker Tears, with Hawkeye Tears and drink them. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, my wife was using my uh, Hawkeye Tears water bottle tonight, and uh, 
It, she had, I don't know, apparently Hawkeye tears are blue because there was a blue liquid in there. Uh, so that was new. Um, but hey, more, more power to her. And, and yeah, uh, blue, Hawkeye tears are blue, just like they're blue balls waiting for the national championship. They'll never, they'll never um, get. It is, Hoss. There it is. You nailed it. I'm going to say we started, we started the episode with a clap. We're ending the episode with a clap. Well done. Uh, so, uh, for our esteemed guests and colleagues uh, at Coronation, and again, uh, welcoming them back into the fold, Big Red Comcast. For John Dam Johnston, our fearless leader, for Haas Reuter, uh, two weeks in a row, and let's see if next week we can make it three. I'm Greg Mahashko. Then we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go, Big Red! Win the damn off season. Say hi, John. It's Saturday night. Say hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Hey, bud. And and just know that they're responding to you, even though you can't hear them. Yeah, I want to cover my ears. All right, hold on. You, you're, never, you're not getting rid of this kid now. Keep, keep, keep it clean. <laughs> We're going to do a podcast with him. All right, keep, keep it clean. This is hey, where bud. we tell him all about socialism. <laughs> How you doing? Hi. How you doing, small child? Uh huh. Are you having fun lately? Uh huh. Are you been? Are you tired of your dad being stuck in the house with uh-huh. you? Uh huh. Guys, I want to go You want to go to bed? <laughs> I'm right here, guy. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So, who do you like better, Batman or Spider-Man? I like two. I love two. Okay. You like juice? Uh-huh. I love juice. I like juice, too. Likes juice. I love juice. Whole different kind of we juice. We just got apple juice and orange juice. You like horse juice? Uh-huh. And <laughs> apple juice, too. No, horse juice and apple and juice. And I got my walkie-talkie. And it's not working. Your your walkie-talkie isn't working? No. I. You know what? I hate it when my walkie-talkie isn't working. You know why? Because then I can't talk to people. Especially the, the people in my brain. You hold this. Oh, keep sure. me up at night. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best response to John possible. I just have a good day. <laughs> so how old are you? How I'm old are you? I'm four years old. You're four? Are you going to go to school this fall? Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to going to school this fall? I just got my daddy. My mommy and my daddy listen to me. I guess mommy. Uh, what what is your name anyway? G A R R E T T. Garrett. Garrett. You know, Garrett. I think it's time for you to go to bed now. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs>